the country with your host, Dave Woods. This is the radio show where country music gets up close and personal. Spend some time in the country and get to know our guests. Spend some time in the country where the music's the best. The latest news and memories to great stories that get told. Spend some time in the country, now it's time we start the show. People all the people have begun Shaking hands with the man who grips the gospel gun While in quiet prayer The smell of dinner on the ground Fills up the morning air Ain't nothing sweeter around I can almost hear my mama pray Oh Lord forgive us when we're down Sacred Sunday in the South Marty Rabin, lead singer of the award-winning country group Shenandoah, joins me now on the show, and we heard a little bit of their huge hit, Sunday in the South, as we opened up the show. That hit, along with Mama Knows, I Want to Be Loved Like That, Two Dozen Roses, Next to You, Next to Me, and many more are part of their very successful career, and new music is on the way from Shenandoah. We'll talk about that and much more with Marty Rabin. Welcome to the show, Marty. How you doing, Dave? I am doing great, and it is just, it's wonderful to have you here on the show to talk to you. I've been a huge fan of Shenandoah since the first songs came out on the radio, and I'm delighted to have this time to chat. Well, I, I appreciate that. I, I want you to know it's a it's a pleasure to be able to spend the next few minutes with you. I'm looking forward to it and have since uh, since the first time we had had opportunity to have conversation. So that's that's a good thing. And I'm gonna have to make sure to tell Brian Smith that uh, that he done yeah. good. That he done done real good hooking us up. Oh, I appreciate that so much. Brian is a great guy. I know you guys have been friends for quite a while, and he put me in touch with you, and I was just so happy because uh, I've, I've really been looking forward to chatting. Well, you know, it's it's always a good thing when you realize, uh, looking back, you know, you, you get asked a lot of times, um, you know, as an entertainer, uh, you know, what are some of the things that you that you really enjoy about what you do, and mm-hmm. and and it literally, what always comes to mind to me is, you know, it's the opportunity of meeting people and and, and having having conversations with people that you find. That really tell you the truth. The world's a whole lot smaller than what we think it is. Uh, you know, when we're little, it's kind of like when you go back to your old neighborhood where you grew up, and at one time you used to think it was so big, and you look at it now and you get thinking, "Man, did we really actually live in that little house?" <laughs> you That's know, right. and it's and you find out before it's all over with that really, actually, the world the world really isn't as big as you think it is. Let's head back to the beginning when you guys first heard your debut single hit the radio, getting played. What was that feeling like? Well, you know, to tell you the truth, it, it was really, really kind of in a way, uh, uh, you know, this is such an overused word sometimes, I, I believe, but, it, but I certainly believe it's it's fitting here. It, it really was just kind of surreal. It really was. I mean, it was kind of like... Uh, I mean, I know we did that, but, you know, am I really hearing this? 
And in fact, <laughs> let me put it to you this way. Uh, Mike McGuire and I uh, had shared an apartment together before uh, Melanie and I had married. So anyway, so I left uh, our house and mm-hmm. I was going into town and WLAY here in Muscle Shoals uh, was playing our record. And, and of course, you know, being here in Muscle Shoals, you know, we knew all the disc jockeys and and uh, had done, you know, benefits that they were involved in. And, and the band, you know, the MGM band at that time, uh, now when the record was played at Shenandoah, you know, we went through all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the the local band that I was in, that was Shannon Phillip, you know, was around a lot of the benefits and a lot of the things that were happening in and around town. So, you know, we, we actually knew all the their personalities, you know, uh, that it became friends. And so anyway, so uh, uh, Mark Allen uh, was the disc jock. And by the time I, I, I drove over to the apartment complex where Mike was living, where he and I used to live together, I pulled up there, I knocked on the door, and, and he came to the door, and I said, man, come on, hurry, 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 hurry. Get, you know, get out of here, get out of here, get out of here. And so anyway, so uh, uh, the, the tune was finishing up on the radio, and uh, and so by the time we got to the, uh, by the time, you know, we both got back in the car, well, it, it was it was over with. So we run back in the house, and you got to remember now, this is four cell phones. We run back in there in the house, and I called Mark. I said, "Mark, it's Marty Raven." I said, "Man, you just you just played our tune. I, I can't thank you enough for doing that." But I said, "Man, I run over to Mike McGuire's house so that so that me and him could sit in the car and listen to it. Is there any way in the world that you can play it again?" And he said, uh, "When?" I said, uh, I, "I mean, I know you just got done playing it, but could 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 you play it again?" He goes. <laughs> Sure. And so anyway, so I said, okay, well, me and Mike, me and Mike's going to run back out to the car. And oh, my goodness. Anyway, so he, he went into that banner about, you know, look, you're never going to believe who I just got off the phone with. The fellow that's singing the lead and the drummer that played drums on this, <laughs> on this record uh, is sitting in their car right now listening to the record. And that was the first time Mike had heard it. It was only my second. You've got to have a good ear to know that it's a good song and it's going to work for Shenandoah when you're choosing it. You've got to have a good ear to do that. Well, I, I think one of the things that really helped us a lot, Dave, you know, was, you know, all of us were, were want to be songwriters. And, and of course, we, mm-hmm. you know, we cut some of our stuff, you know, Bubba Can Dance, I Can Too, Daddy's Little Man, and, and uh, you know, several other things, No Beverly Hills in Tennessee and stuff like that. But, yep. During all the time of us getting to where we got, as far as landing a record label deal, uh, you know, we were all trying to songwrite. So, therefore, I, I really do believe that, that one of the biggest things in the world that helped us uh, was this same club band that I'm telling you about. When 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 we all signed on there, it, 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 we were just known for years as the MGM band. Well. Uh, Barbara and Ken Murray owned the place, and Ken one of one of Ken's job descriptions for us having that job was that we we all in the band there was five of us every one mm-hmm. of us in the band would have to learn a new song 
every week. So we would normally we would normally rehearse on Wednesday, and then we then we would play Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, yep. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So uh, you know that way when we would listen to a tune. In other words, you know if you're going to learn a tune a week, then what you wanted to do was you wanted to listen uh, uh, to radio, and and you mm-hmm. you would want to find out if you felt like that song was going to make it. Right. Because the thing about it is, is, you know, it, you know, if it didn't make it, then you really kind of worked it up in vain. But if it was one of those kind of tunes, you thought, you know, man, I guarantee you this will get people on the dance floor. I guarantee you people will like this song. I guarantee you this, this, this will work. And of course, you know the the, the give me's were were the Randy Travis, the George Straits, and all of the other kind of stuff. Where where mm-hmm. those were the acts that were real popular. If we felt like it was something that that eventually was going to be a was going to be a good record that was going to be played quite a bit, then those were the ones that we'd lean on. So therefore, I think it taught us that when we listen to a tune, why we listen to it. And why we why we actually thought it would work. So therefore, when we got a record deal, and and we had the opportunity of being able to to listen to tunes, mm-hmm. uh, when 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 publishers would play us material, then you know we could say that that you know we like it, but that that's not going to fit us. Tell me about uh, and the first song we're going to play on the show, Marty, is Sunday in the South. Tell me about hearing that song for the first time and and how you guys knew that you had to record it. Well, you know, the very first time that I heard it, the first thing in the world I thought of was I remember as a boy and dinner on the ground at church. Uh, The imagery in the song, Mm -hmm. when you listen to it, it it just, it it literally, he, he, he painted such a broad stroke of of what our what our southern heritage was uh you know not not only just the dinner on the ground but you know the the, the literally the the lazy sunday afternoons uh the camaraderie that you had with neighbors uh mm-hmm. and of course you know now it, it, it you know everything is so pc now but you know, during this time, it, and I reckon for years it has been. But you know, it, it wasn't really that we we were necessarily you know uh, proud to be rebels or Yankees or anything. We didn't even think about any of that stuff. It's just what mm-hmm. we grew up and grew around and all of that yeah. kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. look, you know, we loved everybody. You know, it didn't make any difference what color. It, it you know what national. You know, we loved everybody. Uh, you know, but again, growing up and years ago like that, you know, the, the world was quite a different place than, than what it is today. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, when listening to it, it reminded more uh, of the days of yesteryear than, you know, than it certainly would today. Uh, it, you know, yeah. honestly, to tell you the truth, if we were to listen to that song to record it today, you know, we would have because every again everything is so PC that mm-hmm. you would either have to love it to cut it, 
or either you would have to you, you would have to put in the configuration of well, now if we say you know a ragged rebel flag flying high above it all, right? Uh, you know, man, you know, do we really want to say that? Mm-hmm. You know, because nowadays that that again is something that's that's looked on as is something that's so negative. When even when we were growing up, I mean, we, we did we, we had no hatred toward anybody, so so that was never anything. It, it, it was literally part of where we came from, and it wasn't necessarily what we came from, but it it was a part of the country that we came from. And uh, I'll never forget uh, uh, when we cut it. Uh, <laughs> Rick Hall. Uh, Told us that boys said, I'm going to tell you something that if y'all do this, they'll never float above the Mason Dixon line. <laughs> and, uh, and we just kind of looked at each other and said, What? Uh, he said, I'm telling you, it'll never get played above the Mason Dixon. That ain't nobody want to, want to hear a bunch of, about a bunch of rednecks from Alabama singing, singing something like that. And, and, and I mean, it, we just look, we love it. Well, I'm mm-hmm. telling you, it's your career. You go ahead. That's your career. Well, the the very very first two weeks that it was out, yeah. <laughs> and which you know, Rick came back and said, you know, look, I'll eat crow on this one. But the <laughs> first two weeks that it was out, it <laughs> it was why and why in New York, the country station at that time was why and why, and for the first two weeks that record was out, it was number one in New York City. Wow. You put a great song out, and it just, uh, you know, any doubters get get uh, pushed to the side, I guess, and a great song goes to the top. We're going to share it now. When we come back, Marty, I want to talk about the Miranda Lambert modern-day connection to this song, which is so cool. Let's hear it now, a wonderful song from Shenandoah. This is Sunday in the South on In the Country. Hear my 
papa saying, won't you hold still, son? Stop squirming around. Another southern Sunday's coming down. I can almost hear the old folks say, you'll make it big one day and leave this town. Love and lazy Sunday back around. I can feel the evening sun go down, and all the lights in the houses one by one go out. Softly in the distance, nothing stirs about, and the night is filled with the sound of a whippoorwill on a Sunday in the South. All right, just another Sunday, just another Sunday in the South. Sacred Sunday in the South. Just another Sunday. How I miss those old sweet Sundays in the South. And that is Shenandoah, Sunday in the South. My guest is Marty Rabin from the group here. Uh, what a great song. And uh, let's f- uh, fast forward to present times, Marty. And you and Miranda Lambert recorded a song called Another Sunday in the South. Yeah, just another Sunday in the South. In fact, uh, uh, her and a couple of buddies of hers uh, had written uh the tune and, and, and Miranda had kind of got it started. And then, uh, 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 Jesse Alexander and, and Ashley had, had, had got together and, and finished it up. But anyway, um, Frank Lindale that was producing, uh, the album for Miranda, the platinum album, uh, had called me and he said, man, I've been trying to get a hold of you. It said, uh, uh, said, I'd like to send you a tune. And, uh, and I said, okay. I mean, I knew Frank. I said, okay. Uh, he said, look, he said, it's a little thing that Miranda's got said, uh, uh, you know, she's, uh, uh, she, she's wanting to put this on a new record, but you know, uh, we actually want to see if we can get your help on it and uh, maybe have you come, come in and sing, but, but let me send it to you first. And I want you to tell me what you think about it. And mm-hmm. and then, then then call me back. So you know nowadays with modern technology, he MP3'd it to me. I listened to it and I said, "Man, I love it." And he goes, "So it's not offensive that you know that uh, all the Shenandoah stuffs in there." I said, "The heavens no." And he said, "Well, you know, she's a tremendous fan of y'all's and loved and loved the stuff. In fact, 
if you listen to it, there's several references uh, of several different things of country music in, in the late 80s and early 90s mm-hmm. uh, that y'all were so much of a part of and, and some of the other songs that were mentioned uh, in the in the record. And now what I want to know is, seeing as it's not offensive, do you think the rest of the guys in the band would like it? And I said, well, you know, and at this time we had not got back together. And uh, and I said, look, I, I can guarantee you the guys will love it. They really will. I said, well, we, you know, we'd like to have you come and sing on it. And I thought, well, man, that's killer. I'm going to get to do a duet with, with, with Miranda. <laughs> and, uh, well, come to find out when I got up there, uh, all they wanted me to do uh, was the harmony vocals on the choruses and then do the outlib, you know, thing. I can hear my mama calling Mm-hmm. all right you know that kind of stuff that that's all they wanted yeah. me to do which i was tickled to death to do it did you get reaction from fans feedback marty when you were finally back with the group because you know you're the lead singer you're the voice on all these hits uh fans must have loved having you back in in the shows at the shows well you know it, it has it man it, it, it it's really been a blessing it really has david it, it man it's it, it's been quite a joy to tell you the truth and that and, and the thing that we're running into uh, that, that that is really so neat mm-hmm. is that, uh, you know, after the shows, we go out and we sign and, and spend time with people after the shows and stuff. Uh, and therefore, you know, it gives us an opportunity to kind of, you know, reconnect. And some of the wonderful stories that we hear and then some of the evidence that we see is like you see a mom and a dad there. That's our age, right? And then you, you see a twenty-five, twenty-six-year-old kid, or girlfriend, or sister, mm-hmm. or brother, or whatever, come with him. And go, you know, our dad, and mom, when they were when this song was popular, they dated. They they have wore out that cassette tape. We know right. Shenandoah music as good as they do, because that's all they would ever play. And we keep hearing that, and and what we're finding. About 97% of the stuff that we've done that we did last year on hard ticket sales, about 97% sold out. And, oh, that's incredible. And what we found was, was it was like a regeneration of, mm-hmm. of a younger audience. So in other words, like in the business, as they would claim it, you know, you know it's like bargain bin music. You know, they got to put everything in a category. And as acts, you know, they do the same thing. The first thing they'll tell you is, you know, what your demographics are. And Mm -hmm. they got to tell us, you know, well, your demographics are anywhere from 35 to 65. And we we certainly found that. But we we found it a whole lot younger as well, too. So it's ranging like from 25 to 65. Marty, I'm excited to share the next song, Two Dozen Roses, what a great song, and so much of Shenandoah's music is positive. It's uh, life-affirming, it's feel-good music, or it touches you in the heart. Uh, t- tell me specifically about Two Dozen Roses before we play it. Okay, well, uh, when we were having a song listing uh, meeting in Rick Hall's office at Fame here in Muscle Shoals, because uh, you know, that's where we cut our first three albums was there at Fame, and uh, uh we were sitting down there, and, and, and when we'd listened to everything that we had, Robert said, look, said I, 
I got a tune right now that, uh, that me and Mike Mack and Allie are working on. And, uh, uh, you know, we don't have it finished yet, but, but when we do, you know, uh, you know, you fellas, I, I mean, it wasn't like we were going anywhere. I mean, you know, we, we, we were going to be around, uh, said, look, said, you know, we, we may get everybody together here in the next few days and listen to it again. So, Rick said, well, look, why don't you play us what you got? You know, what you got of it right now. And, and Robert said, no, I, I'd rather wait till me and Mac finish it, let Mac do the demo, and uh, and let's go from there. So th- then a couple of days later, actually, they had finished it. Uh, they'd done a little old what they call kitchen table demo. And, mm-hmm. uh, right. man, we loved it. And uh, yeah. and to tell you the truth, it, you know, it, 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 was, it, it was one of those kind of songs that – you know, you, you you kind of felt like you had had found a great song, but you didn't realize until the public got it. Mm-hmm. You know what you actually had. I brought flowers to your door last night. If I had two dozen roses and an old bottle of wine, if I really could have hung the moon, would it change your mind? If I could cry a little harder and get a little less sleep at night, if I had If I really 
Two Dozen Roses sold 100,000 units in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex alone. Wow. And, and you know, I mean, CBS said, man, we, we, got, a, we got a monster here. And, uh, and it seemed like, you know, the more we played it, you know, it, it was picking up all over the country the same way. And, and uh, you know, like I'm saying, you know, we believed in it and, and we really thought it was a really good tune. But we didn't realize the impact, that, you, know, that, you know, that it would make, you know. I mean, it, it was just, I mean, forevermore just, just taking off on us. And, uh, you know, it, it, it was a good feeling when, you know, when, when Jim would go into the intro. By that time, mm-hmm. it, it, I mean, man, folks were screaming and stuff like that. And yeah. then, then all of a sudden you go into it, and by the time you hit the chorus, everybody's singing the chorus with you. It must be great when you put out these, as we said, positive songs, Marty. Uh, a lot of family values in them and just, just great inspirational songs. And to have fans tell you stories about the significance of the songs, I guess you probably had that happen a lot over the years. Yeah, you know, uh, we did. And, and one thing we always kind of kind of really, you know, would, would pride ourselves in is because we, you know, we, we didn't want to sing, a, you know, we didn't want to sing the songs, you know, uh, uh, you know that 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 had negatives. Uh, you know, we we just we, we just actually found that that those songs that were positive and those songs that that that, that talked about relationships that were good, they they seemed to work for us real real well, and it kind of seemed to be that vein and 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 that void in country music at that time that seemed to to fit the void that, that was missing. And I think the acceptance of that was, was, was what allowed us to realize that, that, that really actually was a little niche to get in and, and stay there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Those positive messages, the harmonies, who are you influenced by Marty as, as an artist, who are the artists that uh, influenced the sound that you have today? Well, you know, uh, the wonderful thing about growing up uh, in the Raven household, look, my, my mother loved Johnny Mathis, mm-hmm. uh, Hank Lachlan. You know, my sisters loved, uh, you know, the Beatles and and people mm-hmm. like that, you know, groups like that. And and, uh, and then there was my daddy uh, that, that, that loved the old Ray Price stuff. And, and, uh, and then... My daddy done something in 1971 that literally changed me and my brother's lives forever. Uh, he'd went to a flea market and he'd bought three of the best bootleg tapes I'd ever heard in my life. <laughs> now I'm, I'm, I'm not for promoting bootleg tapes, but right. <laughs> unfortunately they do exist. And, and 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 he bought three of the best. It was Lester Flat and Earl Scruggs. Mm-hmm. It was Jimmy Martin and the Sunny Mountain Boys and the Osborne Brothers, Bobby and Sunny Osborne, Rocky Top, and 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 all of the other kind of stuff. And man, the harmonies of the Osborne Brothers, and of course, you know, growing up with two brothers, and we sang uh, that sibling harmony and that type of stuff was was right down our alley. And and therefore, uh, the, the likes of of people like. Uh, uh, the Stanley brothers and 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 the Wil- Wilburn brothers and and the Delmore brothers and Jim and Jesse and the Virginia boys, 
you know, because we were brothers, that that's kind of what we kind of, you know, gravitated to. But uh, listen to those tapes. It, 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 it was the harmonies and the, and, and the hard driving of a, of a five-string banjo that, that literally, I mean, it turned our world upside down. I mean, you know, from the stuff that we had been hearing, since we were little old bitty kids, they was pretty much music continuously playing in our house of all kinds, uh, from rock and roll to old country to the bluegrass and 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 you know and especially the gospel stuff as well too. Uh, you know, we we just we literally loved all of it, and uh, mm-hmm. I would have to say that 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 probably is as soulful as what Ralph Stanley is. Uh, and that, now we're talking, you know, 72, 73, uh, after Carter Stanley had died in 66, uh, Ralph and the Clinch Mountain Boys, you know, uh, you know, they went on. And, you know, Ralph, of course, with his brother's death, had got Roy Lee Sinners to sing. And then, then after Roy Lee Sinners uh, had died, Keith Whitley became the, the lead vocalist. Uh, and, yeah, love Keith. And and in '72 and '73, Ricky Skaggs and Keith Whitley, you know, were playing uh, with uh, uh, Ralph Stanley. So therefore, you know, and, and Keith and Ricky were right around our same ages. So therefore, we were kind of drawn to them at the bluegrass festivals and stuff like that. So therefore, a lot of the influence that we had, or, or that I picked up on, see, because. I actually believe a good singer is like a good songwriter. He's a good thief. And <laughs> what that is, is, is is not that you try to imitate what they do. Right. But but you try to pick up on the emotion that a George Jones would bring mm-hmm. and a Johnny Paycheck and and a Gene Watson and and a Merle Haggard and that type of stuff and and you would you would get little little tidbits of this and that and little nuggets of that and this and and you would put that and before you know it you know that would become that would become your style when you, when you like a variation of artists like that i think mm-hmm. after a while you know this little thing that they done with the twist of a note or uh, the bend of a note, or whatever it was. You, you know, I, I loved Ronnie Millsap because of the power that he had when he sang. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me a lot of bluegrass music because, you know, a lot of the bluegrasses were power singers like Bobby Osborne and, and people like that, and Ralph Stanley as well, too. But then, then you had those singers like George Jones and Keith Whitley, you know, that, you know, that, that could put emotion into a lyric to the point that, you know, that when they sang it, they could make you believe it. Tell me about the song of Mama Knows before I play. This is a, obviously a classic and just a terrific song, Marty. You know, it, it just really tells, of, you know, uh, how, how, you know, not just a woman, but a mother's intuition of, of when they know one of the youngins good enough to know that if, if something's up or if they've done something or if they've got that look or, or you know whatever you know it just it just always seems like you know uh, mama always knew and uh the, the very very first time we heard that tony hazelton and tim menzi wrote that and uh uh it, when they sent it to us mm-hmm. it was nothing more than than uh, tony playing guitar 
and uh, Tim playing guitar, and Tim singing the lead on it, and Tony Hazelson put the uh, Mama Knows, Mama Knows, that little hook thing in the uh, in the in the in the demo. We liked that little hook thing that we did so much that Rick said, yeah. said when we cut it, we can't mm-hmm. miss that one. Ralphie Zell, the bass player, had just had just lost his mother. And uh, uh, Ralph just happened not to be at that listening meeting. He was running late when they played it. So uh, there was a consensus, you know, in the group said, look, said, uh, you know, you know, everybody knows Ralph's situation. Look, uh, let's don't let's don't play that uh, in front of him. You know, just mm-hmm. take the cassette and let him listen to it by himself. And so anyway, so uh, uh, that was being done. A tape was being made for him. Uh, when he got there, and we we were listening to other stuff, and said, "Hey, look, you, you need to listen to this one." Uh, either on the way home or when you get home or whatever, you need to listen to this. And, uh, man, we all really like this tune. Uh, so then, you know, then, then he came back and said, look, man, we need to cut this. And so, so it, it was kind of like unanimous. I mean, everybody was on the same page. It's such a great song, Marty. It, uh, you know, so many of us obviously relate to it. We've been there. We've lived the song. And it's just a beautiful melody and your voice on it. I want to share the song now. When we come back, we've talked a lot about the past. We're going to talk about brand new stuff for Shenandoah, which is very exciting. Let's, first of all, head back in time to this great country song called Mama Knows by Shenandoah on In the Country. Crowder and a single cigarette Crouched down in a stall out in the barn Three puffs later we were sick as we could get Praying we'd get better before we got home She saw me coming through the back door screen I knew the minute that she looked at me Mama knows, Mama knows Sometimes I think she's got a window to my soul Mama knows, Mama knows Even when I think it doesn't show Mama knows Out on our sleeves, both feeling more than either one of us could say. That first love left the sweetest memory. Fifteen and shy, I didn't tell a soul. How is it, Mama never has to be told? Mama knows. 
Sometimes I think she's got a window to my soul Mama knows, Mama knows Even when I think it doesn't show Mama knows I was at home when Mama passed away I didn't get to say I love you But I've got this Mama knows, Mama knows Sometimes I think she's got a window into my soul Mama knows, Mama knows Even when I think it doesn't show Mama knows, Mama knows And that is Shenandoah, a huge song for them called Mama Knows. It's so beautiful. My guest is Marty Rabin from Shenandoah. And let's talk about new music. You guys are back in the studio. Yes, sir. Well, we sure are and proud about that. But let me say this real, real quick before we go too much further sure. about Mama Knows. Uh, when the lyric came across Becky Johnson, the original lyric wasn't Becky Johnson. It was Becky Turner. But but Rick uh, said that he said look he said uh, you know the thing about it what it sounds like to me is happening uh, to the to the young lady this way he said it to the young lady uh, out there it, it, it sounds like uh, me and B- Becky turned her ankle deep in ocean oh. waves right and. Uh, and you know we well you know I got Becky Turner out of that and he, well yeah but it, it it sounds like to me Becky turned her ankle. <laughs> okay so so what do we do? And Rick said well we need to find another last name. <laughs> so, so, uh, one of the assistant engineers that was in the room with us that you know that was playing the tunes said well. And, and 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 his wife his his wife's maiden name was Johnson, and her name was Becky Johnson. Oh wow! And said, "Well, said, well, what's wrong with uh, me and Becky Johnson ankle deep in ocean waves?" And Rick said, "It works for me." And I said, "It works for me too." <laughs> Let's talk about the new music because this is exciting. A lot of fans out there who obviously love going back to the classics from Shenandoah want to hear brand new stuff so tell me about that what's what's going on well you know anytime you know anything that that, that doesn't move it gets stagnant and uh you know one of the things that that uh we talked about uh when 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 coming back uh was uh you know i've been gone 17 years and and uh and of course uh uh, the the records that we had, you know, and, and Lord, we still play them and still love them. And that, that, that is the truth. People say, you know, after a while you get tired of singing the same old songs. <laughs> it kind of reminded me of that story when Lester Platt, when they were live at Carnegie Hall, said, you know, the first time we played this song, first couple hundred times we played this song, we didn't care for it very much. But <laughs> after it sold to me, and we've, uh, we, we, we've kind of gone a little fond of it. 
and we wouldn't <laughs> mind doing it for you. Here's the battle of Jed Clampett. And uh, so anyway, so, uh, you know, you, you realize that, that there comes a time, if if you are going to make a move and, 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 and you are going to try to, uh, try to improve. In other words, you know, you had a past, and 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 today, you know, you start the future. So therefore, if we're going to do that, fellas, and we're going to saddle back up and we're going to reload this thing, mm-hmm. then then we probably need to offer some folks some new music. So, um, of course, unfortunately, Ralphie Ralphie Zell had had passed away about seven years ago. And we had actually talked about getting together on several occasions, but we just never did it. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of times when a band breaks up, people think they're at odds with one another, and that 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 honestly truly really wasn't that wasn't the case at all. We just kind of we were just all kind of burnt out, I believe, because we just worked so much and stayed gone so much that that after a while we we just got all burned out, and and mm-hmm. and we were not at odds with one another anyway. So. Uh, we hired a guy by the name of Paul Sanders, and 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 Paul Sanders uh, is married to uh, uh, one of the gals with the Martins. He married Joyce Martin, uh, and if folks know who the Martins are, she's a she's a little short sister with the blonde hair. And anyway, so so Paul had started working with us. Jay DeMarcus had had been cutting a record on the Martins, producing a record on them, and. And while he was at the studio with the Martins, you know, he, you know, he said, "Man, what are you doing?" Now? He said, "Man, man, you ain't gonna believe it." He said, "Man, I," said, "Man, I just got the position. I'm playing bass with Shenandoah now." And he said, "Man, we, man, I'm such a fan of theirs. I'd give anything in the world to cut some tracks on them." He said, "Man, are you serious?" And he said, "Man, I'd love to." And uh, and Paul said, "Well, do you, do you want me to give you Mike and Marty's number?" And uh, Said yeah. Said said if you don't care. Said man, I'd love to call them and see if you know see if they'd even be interested. In, you know, allowing me to cut some you know sides on them. Anyway, so so Jay had texted Mike and I both and and uh, and wanted to know if uh, if we would be willing to you know to, to sit down and and you know talk maybe you know about the the possibilities of him you know, producing some sides on us. And, and, uh, you know, of course we said, yeah, but man, we would love to. And of course we were familiar with uh, Rascal Flats and we were familiar that they were fans of ours. In fact, the very, mm-hmm. very first song that they did get in their record deal was church on Cumberland road when they, when they, when they done their showcase and they used yeah. to, uh, they used to, uh, open and close their show with church on Cumberland road. So, so we knew that they were fans I want to turn to our last song, uh, which is this. This is a fun song. Next to you, next to me. So we're going to end on an upbeat note. Tell me a bit about the song before we play. This is a, a big fan favorite, and I'm going to guess that this is uh, this is one that goes over really well in, at your shows. When when we heard it the first time, uh, at this particular time on on all the records that we've done. See, I, I grew up in in a household that that my daddy played fiddle. Mm-hmm. And and we had not had we we had not had a fiddle on on a record you know and and I even made the statement you know we're a country band and we don't even have a fiddle <laughs> you know and, and and then all of a sudden that, and so anyway so when everybody said that they loved it I said well we we, we better get a fiddle player we better get a fiddle <laughs> player there anyway so to, when when listening to it you know again it, it was one of those kind of things that that is just so fun. 
Mm-hmm. And it is. and it's so it's so sing songy uh, because of you know look it, it, it's a it's a straight ahead message but it's a lighthearted message and and it and it does tell the story you, you don't know how many times we've heard Lord I'm telling you man when we'd go date man I'd slide up next to him or either he you know he'd be driving or something like that and 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 we'd be sitting real real close to one another you know riding down the road his pickup truck. And, and yep. you know that that was that was right down our alley, and you know you, such, you know you know when you hear when you hear the great stories, song. yeah, it is. You I, go ahead, Marty. We love it. it we love it, and and it uh, it you know it, it works real real well too. Uh, you know it's it's one of those kind of things again that when you're trying to entertain people, because you know it's one thing getting getting up in front of people and just singing to them. Mm-hmm. Well, we don't particularly, you know, care for that much. You know, we literally believe that people want to come to be entertained. So, therefore, you know, the the more we can get the crowd involved in it, the, the better we are with it. You know, uh, in fact, you know, even the harder we'll work, to tell you the truth, because, you know, we see people enjoying it, and therefore it's going to make you enjoy it. And, you Absolutely. know, one thing kind of feeds off the other. And if you can build that mm-hmm. bridge from the front of the stage to the front row and allow them to cross over it and you get a chance to cross over it with them, then that way, you know, you you, you have the opportunity of, of, of having, a, having a good night together. Everybody that came was proud they came, and you were proud that you were there to do it. I love that, Marty. That really sums up uh... – performing so well this is such a fun song i'm glad we're closing out the show with it because it's going to get everybody's toes tapping and singing along this is shenandoah next to you next to me out in the country
my favorite song I'll change the station if the news comes on When the signal ain't coming in too strong We'll make our own music, honey, all night long If the good Lord's willing when we're old and gray The kids are grown up and moved away We'll be rocking this side by side With the barbecue chicken and the TV guy Well, there ain't no place that I'd rather be Next to you sitting next to me Shenandoah, next to you, next to me, one of their great hits, such a fun song, and I've been speaking with Marty Rabin on the show all about Shenandoah, uh, the past hits, and of course, the exciting news about brand new music uh, in the offing. Any idea, Marty? I know you're just at beginning stages, but any ideas, any idea when us as fans would hear the new music? Uh, yeah, we're probably looking We're probably looking middle of the summer uh, now, nice. from my understanding, and it looks like they, they've scheduled it... Uh, uh, for uh, for midsummer, so which is great because you know again some of the stuff that we got on there is is is, is so summertime. Oh yeah. Um, so I, I'm sure probably the you know the first first record that they'll you know come with out of this batch uh, uh, will be the you know the the up tempo stuff. Uh, uh, one with you uh, uh, or a little bit of living. And uh, and man, I I think that little bit of living now that little bit of living will remind you a whole lot of next to you next to me. In fact, Jay even said uh, when we were doing it, me and Mike had already said that because you remember when I told you a while ago we'd already been living with the tunes because we right. were trying to decide what we were going to cut and what we were not going to cut. And uh, I, I said, man, every time I hear this thing, it reminds me of next to you next to me. And Mike said, man, it does me too. <laughs> and uh, then we were cutting it. Jay said, "Man, is this not a, is this not another next to you next to me?" And because uh, it, it, it's that same type of, well, a little bit of living on a Friday night, a little bit of the never felt so right. Pretty little thing gonna lift you by. A little sip of something on a Friday night. A little bit of love go the long hard way. And watching all your troubles just drift away. Skip a couple rocks, count a couple ways. Little bit of living goes a long, long way. You know, life can be so tough, but it don't have to be. You know, it's that it's that same type thing. You know, 
I love it, Marty. That sounds great. And I know that um, everyone listening is so excited about new music from Shenandoah. It's been great having you on the show and, of course, play four hits from the past. And uh, it's been great chatting, Marty. Man, it's been great talking to you too, Dave. I, I appreciate you spending, spending your evening with me and let, letting us hawk our wares. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, people are still to this day huge Shenandoah fans. When I mentioned online that I'd be interviewing you, people got excited. And uh, there's still such a, a love for uh, Shenandoah, old and new music. Well, it, you know, and, and that's that again is is what making is what's making it so much fun being out there and uh, you know going at it again. I to, to be really quite honest with you, I I didn't really realize how, how much. I I mean, I knew I missed it, but I didn't realize within the seventeen years that had passed, uh, you know, how bad I did miss it because we, we do. We, you know, we we love it. We have a good time and. and uh, uh, man, got a got a great bunch of guys with us, uh, you know. And it's hey, it, it, man, it's good to get out there and run the road and, and go from one place to the next, and and see folks that always have smiles on their face and excited about the show, and you know that excites you, and therefore you know it just kind of just brings the whole the whole ambience of the of the evening, you know, uh, to hit at the end of it when you get done and and you get out there and you bow and and you tell folks. Really, truly, how much you you've enjoyed being there, and, and uh, you know, look, I can't think of anything else in the world that I want to do more than than to get out in front of people and, and entertain people, and uh, and I, and I say that on behalf of everybody in the band. I mean, everybody's the same way. We we got a couple of young whippersnappers in the band. Like I said, you know, <laughs> one had to take Ralph's place. And then yep. uh, our guitar player, Jim Seals, had had a stroke about four years ago. Now, he's absolutely fine. He's good. He just tires out easy. And he was just, he, he was afraid that he wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't be able to, you know, to stay up to the to the demand of, you know, day in and day out, you know, hitting it. And uh, mm-hmm. so anyway, so we got a fellow by the name of Jamie Michael that plays. And, man, he is a horse daddy on the guitar as well, too. And man, just a great guy. Man, we, we 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 got wonderful, wonderful guys out with us. Marty, it's been such a pleasure. It's great to uh, get up to date and hear what's going on with the band now, and of course, reminiscing about the past and playing the great songs. Thanks so much for being on the show, Marty. It's been my pleasure. Oh, hey, it's it's been mine. And again, thank you so much, Dave, for having me. It, it, it's been a joy. Thank you, partner. My guest has been. Marty Rabin from the award-winning country group Shenandoah. I'm Dave Woods, and that'll wrap up this edition of In the Country.